0: This is the Pursuit of Endurance Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pursuit of Endurance Podcast, Episode 4. We are talking today to a man with many talents. He's a musician, trekker, biker, cyclist, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other things. Shankar Shastri. He believes in getting out the door and getting it done. Shankar, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Nikhil. Very happy to be here.
0: So let's start uh, from the beginning. Tell us tell us about your lure and your love to be on the saddle. How did you get on the cycle?
1: Oh yeah, like uh, I think being in Bangalore, growing up in Bangalore, just like everyone else in back in the 90s, I cycled to to my school, right? And I cycled everywhere. The the cricket matches that we played, uh, friends we met, Everywhere I had to go, I had to be on a bicycle, right? And uh, I think it started sometime when I was about eight or 10 years old, and I was pestering my dad every uh, Diwali for um, just for him to buy me a cycle. And he finally relented after thinking about all the dangers that it can present, which weren't much, by the way, but he exaggerated them. And uh, he got me a Hero Ranger ladies cycle because he thought I was too short for a gent cycle and that was really the initiation of um, uh, cycling for me and I think I've gone back And forth, back and forth, Um, you know, I've had not a love-hate relationship, but an off-again, on-again kind of relationship. Because um, that cycling, which was just commuting, going everywhere on a bike, happened up until I was 13, 14, I want to say. And um, when I finally... Uh, started doing my ca and started articleship. Uh, I was on a meager income of uh, four to five thousand rupees of stipend at that point of time. so my first ever stipend uh, I actually went in and bought a really ridiculous cycle just because I, um, you know I wanted to get back into commuting on a bike and I made the worst decision of uh, and i 'll tell you why later on, but I made the worst decision of wanting to cycle from Uh, My house in uh, Vidyarnyapura to Lalbagh Road, which is about 25 kilometers, one way, no inclination towards buying cycling specific gear, dry fit t-shirts, nothing, right? So um, that was the second trigger, I'd say, cycling to work. And ever since then, I've I've just stuck to it, right? I've uh, been upgrading both my skills and uh, the kind of places I ride in, as well as the bikes themselves. And at one point I had about nine bikes and it's just been bikes 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 to an extent where uh, my mother actually chucked all of them out of the house and built a garage space for me uh, when I lived with my parents still and I think that's when it kind of explored it. and that was about um, you know eight nine years ago and ever since then I've just been cycling every weekend. I'm out riding every, um, every day uh, that I can commute to the office. Uh, I do commute to the office. My habits have gotten better. I'm cleaner. I'm, uh, it's easier for me to get to uh, point B from point A. And I do still do a lot of grocery rides, uh, but it's gotten better over the years, I'd say.
0: Nine bikes. Um... I, th- I thought I uh, thought I thought you said you had only two. Uh, we'll come back to that. Right now, yes. <laughs> uh, see, many of us growing up in in this city in this country, we do use a cycle at least um, back in the 80s and 90s when we'd go to school. But at some point in time, uh, we upgrade as we go to college. We get a we get something with a motor. We get a bike or a car yeah. or whatever. And often we don't come back. And now it seems like there's a, a resurgence in people wanting to get back on the saddle get you know get a cycle uh especially with uh, with the current situation with the pandemic cycle sales are through the roof what do you think is happening with uh people they do they just want to go back to the connect back to the days they're they were used to ride or is that a good excuse for people to just at least get out uh, because that is, cycling is allowed?
1: I think it's a bit of both so to me much like motorbikes right and and uh, I actually identify with a lot of what you said about as we go through life we upgrade to something with a motor that happened with me as well and um, you know I was cycling for a lot uh, during um, the articleship period uh, like I told you and I actually got into motorcycling for a long time and every time i i went on a tour let's say in, in the hills n- into a forest off-roading on a motorcycle and things like that i always was interested in how would it feel going slower taking in more and i think it's that lure which uh which kind of pulls us into cycling, because you just see so much uh, more and you uh, take in so much more while cycling, as opposed to driving in a car or, you know, riding on a motorcycle, for that example. Um, To me, I think, uh, you know, you were talking about how there is a boom today. And I do see it. Um, I do see it when I go for a ride. I do see it when I go for a run uh, on the streets today during the pandemic. Uh, I see it even during lockdown when I'm sitting on the balcony having a cup of chai. Um, and I see it even online, right? There's so many new people joining the cycling groups on social media. And you see these questions coming out, which one do I buy? How do I cycle? Do I need a helmet and things like that? Uh, I think it's a bit of both to my understanding one is to get out the door to get something done and to get some fresh air while at it Um, you know and and a lot of people have been caged indoors uh, probably not with the best of habits because you can't really step out you can't get sunlight so it's a good excuse to get I would just get groceries, ride for a couple of kilometers, and and uh, you know take in the clean atmosphere we have because there are no vehicles out there, and I think it will it will roll into the understanding of okay you know. I can do this on a bicycle. I don't need to take my car out just to go, you know, a few paces and, and buy a kilo of tomatoes, for example, right? So I think that will set in. And that's typically happened with a lot of people, uh, at least in my circle, who have picked up uh, bicycling as an activity and, um, you know, just to do smaller things. And then they, that catapults into, that snowballs into, let me do a longer ride let me climb a hill uh, let me see what that's like and and most people get hooked on to it and that's a really good thing because we do need more cyclists we need people to be fit uh, we need to, people to be happy and to me that's another um, you know real thing of cycling actually makes me happier if i'm having a crappy day and i go out on a ride for the first five minutes maybe i carry that bad mood with me but then it just disappears for some reason and i know there's a scientific explanation to it but you know as long as you're
0: happy absolutely and either way it's a good habit there are there a are few positives coming out of this pandemic i think uh, this could be one of them where people intend to get healthier, whatever means, um, either cycling or running or yoga. So that is a good thing. Let's switch a little bit to to your other talents. I know you're a musician, you play the guitar, you sing pretty well, and we've been privileged to hear you perform, if not on the stage, or in some really late night uh, parties we've been at. <laughs> but does does that, does music influence your writing, your training, your performance? Uh, Do you think there's a link at all? I think so. uh, To me,
1: uh, there isn't a direct link. Um, You know, I, I, I can't really cycle while I'm playing the guitar or singing. But I do think a lot of my songwriting that I mostly do for myself, actually comes out alive when I'm out there riding in the middle of nowhere, or off-roading through a forest, uh, something clicks in my head, you know, so a lot of thinking and um, conceiving music uh, does happen sometimes on rides. And I, I couldn't say the same if I'm out there on a long drive can i think about music can i frame a phrase in my mind that could ultimately become a song possibly not but on a cycle you know climbing a hill seeing something beautiful early in the morning hearing a bird sing and uh, things like that that does trigger what i can do to my songwriting and uh, yeah i mean i think you're very kind uh, to say uh, i'm a man of many talents but uh, it's it's more like jack of all trades i try keep myself uh, busy with multiple habits and uh, you know th- that that helps me calm myself and and collect myself as well
0: so it's actually the the physical effort of being on a bike that is actually aiding in creativity with your music
1: yeah it is and i think it's it's also a trigger to um, you know, A lot of the concepts are similar if you're learning a new skill on the bike, uh, you, if you're learning bike control or braking control uh, during a descent, for example, or you're learning a few chords, you're learning a new scale on the guitar or you're learning to sing the key is still the same practice, practice, practice. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. I think that kind of carries over unconsciously. Um, You know, I'm just thinking about it as I speak to you and, and it, it actually applies across and that I've seen uh, translate very well on my running skills and how I, how I can be a little more efficient with it. I'm nowhere close to good, but how I can be a little more efficient with it and applying the concept of I know that the reward for practice exists and, you know, making that connection in my brain that truly carries over from every habit, uh, whether it's music or whether it's cycling or running. So that, that really makes sense. That is a direct connection. I can say.
0: You mentioned something about climbing a hill and you've been notorious to showing up at Nandi Hills quite often. Well, with Nandi Hills uh, being part of your life and your weekends, Speak a bit about that as well as um, we definitely know that you've done plenty of other rides and um, I'd like for you to share some of your experiences doing uh, doing not the ordinary, I go out on a weekend and get on the highway and come back, but uh, including yeah. Nandi. Speak a bit about your riding experiences. Sure.
1: Um, I think it'll be hard for you to stop me because this this is one of my favorite things to speak about because there's just so many experiences you can have on the bike. Um, I'll start with the one which is quite unique to me, I think. uh, And I'm the only person in history to do that uh, of mankind, I'd say. I'm the only person in history to ride. can't wait for this. prepare to be disappointed. So um, I'm the only one to ride up Nandi Hills with 150 other cyclists along with me and to be escorted back by the Indian Army. And it it isn't as glamorous as it sounds because I I had a serious injury um, that I had to mentally overcome as well as physically. Um, You know, something that happened was I was, this was back in 2010 or 2011, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, you know, we had gathered quite a few people, um, you know, going up Nandi Hills. Some had made the trip from as far as South Bangalore, you know, 50, 80 kilometers just to Reach Nandi Hills and they had to ride all the way back. Some were closer uh, towards the north of Bangalore, and all of us pretty much joined together and uh, witnessed that Bangalore actually has these many cyclists who are willing to come as far out and actually climb a hill together and things like that, right? So we went up the hill, everything was fine, and uh, while we were descending, um, you know, I was on the extreme left as as the rule is in India, to stay on the extreme left of the road. And um, up came a motorbiker along a blind curve and just head straight into me. And um, after that, um, you know, there was a loud clap, bang, smash. And the next thing I remember is just waking up. And looking for my bike and realizing that I'm on the edge of the hill and my bike's actually quite safe because that's the first thing you um, you do when you have a crash on a bike, you, you figure out whether your bike is safe or not. And then, because there was there was i guess there was a concussion, there was some bleeding, i'd lost a tooth, so um, the Indian army was actually supporting the ride, and I was escorted in an army jeep halfway through the hill halfway um, you know across the hill. And straight back home. So my folks back home were like, "Okay, um, this is a little weird. Why is my son coming in an army jeep, right?" And and everything after that kind of um, made it difficult for me to get back on that particular climb. So I I, I remember distinctly that for the next four or five years, I could climb every other hill except Nandi Hills because I had that, um, you know, memory of just getting smashed over there and not for my fault. So I have this weird theory that if it's my fault during an accident of which we have many in India, uh, due to the traffic and the number of people we have, it's easy to get over it. But if it isn't my fault, then I don't know what to expect and what to correct. So for about four or five years, I had given up on Nandi. Uh, I think that worked out to my advantage, right? So I said, prepare to be disappointed. So this is the disappointing part of it. But there was actually, um, um, you know, a, a blessing in disguise, I'd say, because Instead of going to Nandi, which is very close by, I can do it every weekend sort of thing, I actually started realizing that um, my state and other states in India and places uh, everywhere have more climbs than just Nandi right? And uh, that's what I started doing, scouting for the next hill. And I was in my 20s. So there was no lack of motivation and energy back then. And every weekend, I used to scout for a new hill, just climb it. And uh, with that, I was able to visit some of the most beautiful places that you can on a bicycle. One such hill is actually um, in Chikmagalur. It's called the Mulayangiri uh, Beta. And the last three kilometers, uh, the first time I went there, there's a, there's a temple, um, you know, three kilometers to the top, to the peak, and you can actually cycle from there all the way to the top, 6,800 feet, if I remember correctly. Um, so that last three kilometers of the climb is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, there's waterfalls, uh, mini waterfalls everywhere, Just birds chirping, no humans uh, that you can see and no vehicles at all because it's so steep and it's Extremely challenging, right? The rest of the hill—it's—it's a total of a twelve-kilometer climb, I think, and the last three kilometers are extremely challenging. So I got into the habit of, okay, I can climb this, right? Uh, And um, this is before um, you know I started climbing more and more, riding more and more, and that actually made me confident enough to do longer rides, uh, to do tours, to do uh, tours unsupported, without um, a. driving up behind you with all your belongings just carry everything by yourself and go out on a tour I started doing more and more of that so really that that accident uh, which which um, put me off of Nandi for a while uh, turned me on to better things and um, you know I, I was able to even um, conceptualize and, and ride out mm. in Goa, made our own kind of um, ride, uh, three or four day ride, uh, where we went from uh, all the way from the uh, across the coast and visited every single beach, right? So it was, that was fun. So it, it turned me on to better things, let's say.
0: Wow. So c- can you describe Nandi Hills for uh, those who may not be familiar? Sure.
1: Uh, Again, I'm not the best person to do it. I'm not the fastest or the um, most efficient climber. uh, But I do like it. Um, It's, um, you know, every time someone asks, why do you climb a hill on a bicycle? And my father asks me a lot, uh, because he wants me to be the most comfortable child uh, ever. Right. And my answer is, because it's there, right? Because it's there and you can do it, you should do it. So uh, Nandi Hills, it's, it's 7.37 kilometers. It starts off gradually. Uh, there's 40 curves in total from the base to the arch. And uh, the first couple of curves are a bit steep, but it, it flattens out towards the you know three, four kilometer mark. And then the steep climb starts. And, um, you know, there's uh, over the years, uh, there have been many races, there have been many timed events, there have been many crashes as well, there have been many um, unique um, uh, assembly of cyclists of different kinds. And there's there's also an off road section uh, from the the four kilometer mark uh, towards the village, so that's beautiful as well. But overall, um, throughout the climb, on your left you'll see um, a valley that's extremely beautiful. And if you go in the right season, uh, you see a lot of flora and fauna that um, you know you wouldn't have expected so close to a city like Bangalore. And I think it's it's one of those um, it's one of those things that. It's there, everyone's doing it. So it's a challenge and it's a mission to go there as many times as you can. And I've been friends with some crazy people, uh, a person who's, who's done everything on this hill. So he climbed it. 22 times back to back. Uh, there's another doctor friend of mine whose, uh, whose mission was uh, in his 50th year, he wanted to climb it 50 times and he did. He did much more than that. So between all of these crazy people, um, you know, it's, it's quite, and the hill as well, it's quite humbling to, uh, to go there and experience something like that and, and be able to say, yes, I did it. Yes, I improved on it. And I've improved on my timing. I've improved the way I climbed. Uh, I reduced the number of breaks I took and things like that. So to me, it's it's taught um, a lot of things. Uh, it taught, um, you know, Nandi Hills, especially to me. It taught me how to overcome my fears, how to how to get on with it, right? When when things get difficult, how you can just keep pedaling and keep pushing and keep going. So that's that's my idea and that's my definition of Nandi Hills
0: beautifully said I've I've run up the hill a couple of times myself and uh, it is truly challenging sticking to Nandi for a second you crashed um, I'm pretty sure that you know you you did mention that uh, there was a bit of a mind block and you didn't go back there for years but you do go back now so how did you overcome At Mind Block?
1: So, um, one of the things I did is because I had so many bikes, I started experimenting, um, you know, just taking different bikes up there, right? And one of the most challenging things uh, on a climb like that is to have no gears, right? Uh, Because you're in one gear, no matter how difficult or easy the gradient is that's it you don't you don't get an option of making it easier switching your cadence so it's just one set of muscles uh, unless you move your body too much that's working throughout from start to finish so to me the trigger was if i could if i could go slower maybe i could do it right so i tried a couple of different things uh, a couple of different combinations i drove up there to say you know if i'm if my car is parked right at the base Maybe if something happens to me, I can be quickly loaded in the car and brought back home. I went with friends a couple of times and I asked them to kind of spot me, if you will. And uh, later I started experimenting with, let me take a different bike this time. This bike has better brakes, for example, or this bike has more traction, for example. Let me take an off-road bike. So if I skid around, I can still control my motion. Let me take one with a flat bar and things like that. Uh, But ultimately what helped, weirdly, was a single speed with no gears, and I climbed it. Uh, I think back then in uh, 45 minutes, which isn't great, but for a um, but for a bike like that and a guy like me that really put me on the moon right and i think after that there was no looking back i wasn't scared anymore for some reason and i could go back on any bike and climb it um, you know if it was difficult it was difficult but i could still get there to the arch and say okay here's my selfie here's my reward
0: so you you took a different approach for the same challenge you do, you changed up the you changed up your equipment you changed up your bike You changed up how one would normally approach getting on top of Nandi Hills. And that's that's really helped you simply overcome uh, that barrier.
1: Yeah, simply the variations, I'd say.
0: You have recently started to run. What triggered that?
1: So, you know, for as long as I've upgraded my bikes and started cycling, I think since... 2010 I've tried my hand at running a few times and by trying my hand uh, at running a few times I mean really just getting out there and running one of one of my first experiences was when um, uh, Goa had the first river marathon uh, the the longest distance that you could do it was the half marathon and my friends were going I wasn't running Uh, I wasn't even cycling much at that point of time, uh, just a few rides here and there. And I thought if my friends could do it, I could do it, right? Big mistake. Um, I had zero knowledge of what kind of shoes you need, how you need to pace yourself. So there I was wearing, um, you know, long pants with four pockets, um, a cotton t-shirt and a sweatshirt on top of it. a hat uh, for some weird reason and two pairs of sunglasses, one of which I was carrying in my pocket as a backup. And I did finish that uh, run in two hours and 45 minutes. But uh, shameful as it was, I couldn't walk for the next four days. And we were in Goa, and I couldn't even walk on the beach. So that was, I think, initiation of me not running at all for a few years. I tried my hand at it again in um, in, in Auroville in, I think, 2012, Yeah. So I thought, okay, if I could go do a shorter distance, again, with no training at all, no no understanding of what kind of uh, equipment or shoes I need to wear. Literally, the only thing you need to think about is shoes. And even that somehow eluded my um, small mind at that point of time. And I just ran, right? I, I finished that in about 80 minutes. I don't know if that's respectable or not. I don't think so now. And I gave up running. Those were literally two of my runs. And I said, this is not for me, it doesn't suit me. And what I didn't realize at that point of time, and I do now is that I hadn't trained at all. And I just thought, you know, I could show up, run and be done with it. And I somehow could do it. So uh, cut to 2019, where the actual um, real trigger happened. Uh, A bunch of us, including yourself, uh, went to Goa again for the same river marathon. And I signed up again uh, for uh, the half marathon. This time, um, I thought I was doing a better job by, um, you know, wearing running specific shoes that actually fit me right for the first time in my life. And doing two training runs, I think, of five kilometers each. I showed up um, quite, um, not really in my target weight, not really in my target fitness, or even the right eating or drinking habits. And I showed up and I ran and I didn't pace myself properly. And I had a dismal time of three hours and just over three hours. Uh, So that pushed me over the edge. I think after that, I got a little more serious about I need to train properly. So the next couple of months went in just thinking about how I should approach this. uh, Because I knew that, you know, for 10 years, I'd made mistakes around how to approach running, how to prepare for it. And literally just not preparing for it was a big mistake. So to me, um, getting back and getting it right was more important than anything else. And uh, throughout the years, I've, um, uh, you know, I've started picking up habits every birthday of mine, I used to gift myself material things up until a few years ago. uh, But I've started this whole habit of gifting myself a habit, so I stick to it for the entire year and hopefully much after that. So when um, this, this event happened in November, I was planning for two or three months. Uh, I went for a Himalayan trek in between. Having started a little bit of running training, it really helped me on the trek to be a little more fit, to lose a little more weight. I was able to climb the uh, the mountain much, much better, I'd say, uh, than my previous attempt. And when I, when I came back to Bangalore and spent a couple more months, In February, I said, "Okay, by the time of my birthday, which is 13th of March, I need to um, be—I need to have run 100 kilometers in total on Strava." And I don't know if I reached it or not, but something clicked in my brain that okay, I need to get on a proper training plan. So um, I get—I got on one. And I just stuck to it like a leech. Uh, That was a uh, a six-day-a-week training plan. And that really changed how I looked at running. That whole panting, gasping, out of breath, nearly about to die kind of feeling was replaced by, okay, this is not so bad. I'm enjoying this. I'm actually getting a workout. I'm breathing almost normally. And I feel good at the end of the run. And I know what to do next um that happened right so all of these three different triggers of not having run and prepared very well earlier having run this one event in particular really badly and then having made up my mind to get on a structured training program these three triggers really carried me well into the habit of running i'd say
0: i will say um that goa half marathon was uh unexpectedly difficult it was a very very humid day there was there was almost no there's no wind whatsoever and I thought the elevation was really deceiving that said coming back from the loop I was surprised to see that you were running in trekking pants Uh, but I'm I'm so (laughs) uh, I'm so proud to see how you've transitioned in into into being a runner and uh, you know, I follow you on Strava. Your progress has been awesome. I think you 're getting quicker by the day so that's that 's really, really good to see. How do you distinguish the efforts between running and cycling?
1: To me, uh, starting running was harder and uh, you know just understanding that um, running is an impact sport, right So cycling is not an impact sport i could I could do a hundred kilometers uh, on day one probably feel a little off for a couple of days and still be able to get to work, do all the normal things without having a worry in my mind or having any physical pain. Running is not that. If you do it wrong, it beats you up. If you have a lot of heel strike, if you, uh, I mean, heel strike by itself isn't bad, but you know, if you follow the wrong technique, if you don't recover properly, if you, if your nutrition is off, it impacts you 10 times more, I'd say, than doing something wrong on cycling. In cycling, the conventional wisdom is just ride lots, you'll get better at it. But in running, it's a little more than that. It's it's a little, you need a little more structure. Uh, that's what I hadn't recognized. And to me, after I recognized that, uh, a bunch of runners really helped put that in my brain, including yourself, that you need structure, you need a plan. Uh, but it was, um, to me, running is a lot more overwhelming to begin, but it becomes second nature once you've done your base period of training, whatever that is to yourself.
0: Coming back to cycling from running, um, yeah. you are a big advocate of using using a cycle to commute. Yeah. You do work quite often on cycle. What has been your experience Riding on the crazy Bangalore road traffic roads?
1: I'd say, first off, the most important elephant in the room, right, is that there's a lot of stigma around uh, cycling to work on a bicycle Uh, most people assume that you're doing it because you may not have the money to ride a motorcycle or drive a car uh, but it isn't so i think cycling is a pleasant experience even in bangalore traffic in the worst of pollution it's still much better than um, you know getting stuck in a car or on a motorcycle. Sure, you can't eat a sandwich while um, you're riding a bike as you can do while sitting in a car. But there's so much more to it. I think if you can uh, find the right routes, if you can figure out the right times to go to the office. Uh, it's a little bit of uh, effort. It's a little involved uh, to find out the right set of components that help you achieve it. But once you start doing it, this uh, it's actually quite a rewarding experience. So to me, um, yes, there are a few negatives around the pollution, uh, the traffic. Sometimes motorists aren't very kind to you, but there's also a lot of advantages, right? So to me, those advantages outweigh all of the disadvantages combined that most people talk about, and uh, the more you ride, um, you know the more those disadvantages kind of go in the background as it were um, so uh, you know some of the things that do help me is that i 've uh, figured out what equipment works for me um, right from do I wear a backpack, do I you know stick my laptop in a case and and stick it on the cycle on on a carrier or something or do i have a handlebar bag do i have a frame bag uh you know things like that i've tried multiple combinations and i've been doing it for a while so i started commuting to office back in 2009 and that was a 40 kilometer round trip and it the distance hasn't really reduced over the years but the experience has gotten better and um you know after figuring out my equipment after figuring out my route I don't really get bogged down by it. In fact, uh, after a long, hard day of working, getting back home on a bicycle actually calms me down, relaxes me, um, you know, and, and, makes my evening go better. And because I've um, expended so much of energy cycling, I actually sleep better. So it's it's an overall rewarding experience, not without its quirks, not without its difficulties. Yes, there are days when, you know, my crank arm has fallen off, my chain has come off, uh, my um, tires have lost air, I've had a puncture uh, when I'm late for a meeting and things like that. But all those, um, you know, when it when you put it in perspective, of 10 years, I think the the benefits far outweigh all of those um, little inconsistencies in the experience.
0: And you've clearly inspired some of us to uh, show up to work in a cycle as well. And I've tried my hand and my experience has been to figure out the logistics. I think once the logistics have been figured out, like you said, figure out the route you will take, make sure you have something to cover your face to for the uh, not for the reasons now, but for the for the pollution on the street and uh yeah. you know figure out how you change up and it makes things a lot more easier and I truly hope you know this the situation that we're in right now will help us take a turn to a more commuting friendly uh city and more more people uh hopefully will take on to commuting to their Offices whenever they reopen um, on a cycle, we, you know, we desperately need it um, And there's no downside to it at all. Sticking to that uh, Shankar, do you have any advice? For anybody who wants to transition uh, Let's say from a bike or a car to getting on a cycle uh, For any sort of commute, uh, commute to office, commute to get groceries. How do you start?
1: I think the first couple of things you need to figure out is, um, uh as with any habit, right? You need to start small and then build it up. I wouldn't say the best idea is to, uh, you know, wear a leather backpack and, uh, you know, load it up with uh, four days' worth of clothes, your laptop, your charger, everything, and get out on a 20-kilometer ride in the same route that you take in your car, filled with pollution. That's a bad idea to me. W- what is better is uh, make small trips by a cycle if you're visiting a friend. Who, who lives three kilometers away or you're just going to get some groceries, go on a bike, right? And, um, you know, figure out if if the saddle works for you, if the if the contact points of the cycle are comfortable for you. I think that makes the experience a hundred times better. Is the, There are three contact points on the bicycle to your body, handlebar grips or the tape, and the second is your pedals where your legs connect and the saddle. If those are set up correctly and, um, you know, you have a good experience with those three, it defines what else, uh, how, you, how you're how you going to feel on longer rides. To me, that's really important. The second thing is figure out if you're carrying something with you, figure out how you're going to carry it. Start small. Again, you don't need to, you know, load up um, 15 days worth of grocery the first time you go out on a bicycle or, um, you know, buy a six pack of beer, for example. You can start small. You can buy a few cashew nuts for that night's, Uh, you know snacks or um, something small like that a packet of biscuits or something like that keep it in your pockets right back home and then start increasing your distances slowly and uh, truly if you want to from um, you know your current car or motorbike commute to your bicycle there's never been a better time first of all is my bike comfortable am i carrying the right set of um, bags to bring things in or take things out Uh, and just go on rides and the more you ride the better you get at it Uh, the more you focus on uh, am I comfortable Uh, speed and other things come naturally to you so my advice is just get out the door do do something small and add it up right increase it 10% every week for example
0: that's really good advice I especially like the three-point contact and making that comfortable for anybody who's uh, transitioning or uh, for anybody who's who's now coming back to cycling after many years. I think that's a very good perspective. What are your Tips to maintain a level of nutrition? It's important to think about
1: nutrition in three pieces. One is uh, a pre-ride nutrition, uh, thinking about during your ride, how you're going to get your calories in and your post-ride nutrition as well. And I know it, uh, once you add the word nutrition to it, it starts sounding like science and it's complicated and things like that. But it's very easy. I think um, over the years I've figured out that, yes, there are racing gels. I can make a fancy coffee for myself. I can go into a coffee shop and uh, and, and drink an espresso, uh, a cappuccino and things like that. But it's easy to keep it simple. A, a banana, uh, a robusta medium banana is about 100 calories. So there's no need to measure anything, right? You know, you're, you're taking in 100 calories and it's very easy to eat. It's got um, environment-friendly packaging as well, uh, which is inbuilt into the system. Um, so, uh, you know, it's very easy easy to uh, take, a, take it out from the fridge or take it out from your fruit basket and just gulp it down before you head out. And during the ride, it's important that you carry some kind of hydration which is most important and if you're doing a longer ride than say an hour and 30 minutes that's when you need on the bike nutrition that's when you start thinking about uh, you know am I going to feel tired am I going to feel you know hungry on the ride an hour hour and a half is is probably the limit for someone to uh, consume calories while they're riding so it's important to you know throw something in your bag maybe a granola bar I've started making my own I can actually give you some tips around that but uh, something like that uh, that you can quickly open and eat because the experience of eating is more important than eating itself if you carry a box of fried rice for example and uh, you're out riding you can't really open it up in the middle of traffic and chow it down but if you carry a granola bar it's easier so thinking about the experience of eating making it easy is far more important to me than you know let me see how much of sugar is in this or uh, Am I gluten free or not? Or or is it vegan? Am I supposed to have peanut butter? All of those are too advanced for me. So I focus on the simpler things of, okay, a banana is easy to eat, a granola bar is easy to eat, um, and, and can I make my own granola bar? So it's so I know what's going into it. And so things like that to me are far more important and i think a lot of the racing nutrition as well or training nutrition as well has gone in this way of um, athletes knowing what is in their food and what they're consuming as opposed to, you know, sticking to store-bought items, for example. And yeah, if you, if you want to check out the granola bars, if you want to make them yourself, I'm extremely lazy in the kitchen. So uh, I look on minimalistbaker.com and uh, you know, there's a five ingredient easy to make granola bar uh, that gives you eight bars about 120 calories each. Very easy to make, Uh, follow it, make it your own and, you know, customize it as as per your needs. And that's it. I think to me, nutrition for biking means something simple, something easy to eat. And yeah, I think post-ride nutrition, uh, that's something I haven't spoken about. So to me, post-ride nutrition is as important as pre-ride nutrition. Again, I'm not too bogged down by it. Uh, The only two rules I actually follow are um, drink before you're thirsty and eat before you're hungry. If you do that, uh, it's like preventive maintenance for your car. You don't have to worry about it at all. Um, And you'll figure out over a period of time, if you make it a habit uh, of riding almost every day, you'll figure out when you've eaten too much, when you've eaten too little and what ingredient agrees with you, doesn't agree with you.
0: That is (laughs) simple. Well, great advice. Thank you so much for that. Talking a bit about your habits and hobbies, you do post a lot of jingles uh, and you've posted some very interesting videos off late. Uh, do you want to talk about that and uh, tell us where to find it as well?
1: Oh, yeah. So um, I, I am a guitarist. I've been for quite some time, took up this 30-day song challenge where there's a theme for each day and you, um, and you basically... Pick a song and sing it. So I added my own twist of the guitar into it. And I said, I'm going to play each song for each theme. And after I did it for about 30 days, um, for exactly 30 days, I think I missed one and took a rest day in between. But I followed it through from day one to day 30 it's on my instagram channel i'm shankar.shastri on instagram you can follow me you can give me comments and um, you know critique my music as well um, so after this uh, I'm, I'm actually in a happy place now and then uh, i was before with the running and the guitar habit kind of matching with each other. So there were days I I used to go for a quick run in the morning, uh, come home all sweaty, uh, take a nice hot shower and sit down with the guitar for a minute just to play a song. And I was left feeling really good for the rest of the day and really productive as well. So that's, that's, I think uh, my guitar habit doing um, that 30 day challenge really pushed me to understand that yes I'm not doing enough right it, it, it strengthened that uh, notion in me
0: that's great for our listeners do go check out Shankar on Instagram his clips are usually short but refreshing and you'll get a glimpse of his talent there last segment Shankar we're calling it the fast five questions and I know that's I have good. not prepared you for this and I hope it's not too difficult are you ready for this fingers
1: crossed yeah
0: trail ride or road ride trail Whiskey or beer?
1: Whiskey. Fewer
0: calories. (laughs) Work from home or work from office? Uh, Work from home. (laughs) SUV or scooter? SUV. You can carry your bikes in it. Climbing or sprinting? Climbing. Well done with those. Shankar, thank you so much for joining us this evening. This chat has been quite educational. You know, we all think that it's a yeah, cycle. You get on a cycle, you do it, but there's so many nuances and the joy of riding a cycle is really lost on, on. I'd say adults. You get out of school and it's really lost and it's something so simple and, I'm, and it can go to many degrees in terms of helping you with your health and taking cycling to the next level.
1: Thanks, Nikhil. And I was really glad that um, you chose to speak with me. And uh, this has opened up a lot of, um, you know, uh, I've gone back in memory lane thinking about how did I start cycling? What did I do? And things like that. So it's been a very enriching experience for me as well. And I've taken a lot of motivation from your incredible journey on running and everything else too. So the feeling is mutual. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, my friend. That was Shankar Shastri. We hope you liked this episode. Please share it and help us spread the word. Subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, Google Podcast, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Instagram at The Pursuit of Endurance, all one word. If you have a story to share or know of someone who should be on our podcast, send us a direct message on Instagram or email us at ThePursuitOfEndurance at gmail.com. In our next episode, we speak with Aditya Chandrasekhar, a 22-year-old aspiring triathlete with a bold ambition and a solid plan. Be sure to join us next week. Take care. Stay healthy.